Now, Dirk, I thought Germans were extremely sensible people. Who starts a business in the middle of a global pandemic? You have Scotch World March 2020, and you're going from strength to strength. How did you do it? Why did you do it? Well, really what happened, um, Justin, is that I've been in the trade show business since 1995, and um, I've worked you know, all around the world. And I was grounded because of COVID. We couldn't go anywhere. Trade shows left and right were canceled and everything came to a halt. And so literally sat in my basement and had a drum and uh, was drinking a scotch to sort of feel sorry for myself and thought, you know, let me tell my folks, my families and my friends around the world about uh, my passion for the scotch. And uh, so I started Googling and looking around and uh, I looked on one of the domain finders and the scotchworld.com became available. I don't know why it was available, but it was. So I grabbed it and started building this one page free website and soon enough found out that there was much more to than what I wanted to share with everybody. <laughs> and I started doing this and uh, it took off. It's literally, I mean, completely, you know, not we're about two years out now with, with the website and, um, it's going everywhere. I mean, people from 41 countries, I think the count yesterday was 369 cities on five continents. People are flocking to this website and enjoy it. Wow. And uh, we're, we're having really good results overall on this uh, website. And so that's how this whole thing started. Excellent. I always Excellent. promised myself I would write a book in lockdown, but uh, we started this. <laughs> we started this blog in lockdown uh, with about two hours' notice. I give Marty, uh, and uh, yes, I mean it's it's great that so many people around the world share a passion for all things Scotch whiskey and and, and bourbon. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the wonderful thing about it is that the entire industry and community is so engaged with everybody you know you can yeah. they you can ask anybody any question anytime and they're involved and they want to share their knowledge they are not afraid to ask questions they are mm -hmm. willing to tell everybody everything and that's the great thing about it is that you can easily connect and i've always believed in you know food and beverage is the connector it really is no matter where you are uh you know if you're in the States, in Ireland, in Scotland, in England, wherever you are, in Germany, you know, you will always find a a conversation over a hot dog or a bratwurst or a shepherd's <laughs> pie or whatever you want, right? And you add exactly. a drink to it and you're in, in heaven, right? That's what it is. That, I couldn't agree more. Um, and whenever, whenever you open a bottle of, of whiskey, uh, if you have whiskey drinkers there, Everybody gets that little bit excited. Doesn't really matter what the whiskey is. People just oh, if they haven't tried it before, it's even better. You get a real conversation out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now, and I think that's one of the reasons why people are interested in the Scotch world, right? Because um, it's really me, Dirk, talking about what I feel and what my passion is, and I've really connected with so many people that I have learned a lot about it, and I want to share that. Yeah. So. You know, it's it's just important that when you're at the at the bottle shop and you run into somebody that is asking you a question, or you see the person standing in front of the shelf, you know, they look at this like, "Wow, which one should I take?" Right? You just take the minute and help them, and I think that's why we are, you know, as a community, as the world, so so thankful for everybody helping each other out. Yeah, and the whiskey world—it's a massive industry, but it's really quite small. Um, there, there's. It's not that hard to get talking to the people who have years and years and decades of experience 
and, and find and, and they as you say they are normally very amenable very easy to, there's no real trade secrets in whiskey people want to tell you how they do stuff because it adds to the the, the, the sort of the, the etymology the the, the 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 birth of the product you know yeah Marty you know the other thing which I feel is very important is that when you are looking for information about the industry that you look not just at the bottle or at the package or you know mm -hmm. Uh, if it's a 12 or 15 or 18 year, it's the history behind it. And that what yeah. fascinates me a lot too is when, you know, when you share your information, share a little bit about the history of the region, about the area, about the town, you know, how this is all evolving. You know, where do you get your water from, you know, and, and you learn yeah. so much. And every time you learn that, when I write my blogs, that's what I like to do. I always like to open up with a little bit of a history about the distillery, about the region, Put links out to where people can find more information because at the end of the day, um, it's it's all about history. It goes back to you know centuries and centuries back, and you want to learn that because that's part of the experience with it. Yeah, I, I, it's, to me, whiskey whiskey connects with you in a different way than any other spirit because yeah. it is. I mean, product design is to me. A key thing too, you, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to look at it and that sense of place and history and and how it came to be. And even even guys starting off, you know, you're you're living in the states now, uh, and there's this explosion of of whiskey distilleries in in the states, and they're all trying to get that little bit of history and that little piece for themselves. Um, Scotch obviously has a a, a a marathon in front of them. Uh, you know, a marathon behind them. The, the the other guys have a marathon in front of them, I should say. So yeah. is it scotch primarily is what you drink? Yes. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. I think um, what I've learned is that you get a better feedback in a conversation when you are, wide, you know, when you have a knowledge of a lot of different spirits. Mm -hmm. And um, I've traveled so much over the years that I've been to 20 plus, you know, countries where I have worked. Um, in one capacity or the other. And, uh, you know, so I've always experienced and love to experience a Zambuca or a Rocky or an Uzo or whatever mm -hmm. it is that you find in the countries. Um, because at the end of the day, a lot of the spirit all comes from the same thing. You know, it's not that, you know, that it's different. Uh, it's, it's a lot of different ingredients, of course, but the uh, there's still a lot of uh, things that they have in common. And I think that you need to know that, you know, uh, you need to understand the mezcals and the, the tequilas and you need to understand the, the schnapses, you know, the, the rum, the, the Strohrum from Austria. You need to understand all this. And I think that's part of yeah. it because then you can appreciate your main, main drink much more. Now, you mentioned their uh, snaps and peach snaps used to be all the rage here uh, many years ago. <laughs> Peach, uh, the Canadian stuff. I mean, what do you make of that? Is is that is that is that a a whiskey drink or is it a cocktail? I love cocktails. You see, Dirk, Marty's not so keen. <laughs> I, I think that a cocktail. You know, there's a lot of really cool devices that have come out over the years where you are buying little bitty capsules and you put them in and you put your liquor in and you push the button and their perfect drink comes out because you you take your bartender home right and you have it sitting in the kitchen now. Can be a little bit dangerous on at times, but I think that the spirits industry is expanding so much, and I think that um, everybody has, from my point of view, should have their own liquor to go to, their own spirits to go to, 
um, because at the end of the day, you know, that creates conversation. Would I drink some of those spirits? I would definitely always use it at least or have a drink at least once or twice, you know, exactly. if you want to do that. But would I make it my to-go? No, probably not, unless it's really, really good. You mentioned peaches. Um, Justin, you mentioned the, the Crown Royal peach, which is just huge, huge thing. But uh, you're in Georgia, which is not only peach country. It's, it's also, also, also moonshine country. There is actually there's mm. a lot of moonshine happening in the in the north you know northern part of the Georgia mountains yeah um, and there's a lot of moonshining you know there's there's TV shows as we probably as you probably have seen Marty the moonshiner you know and a lot of people are seeing this and I think there is a uh, a lot of knowledge about this and at the end of the yeah. day you know you put the moonshine in the barrel and that's it for a couple of months or a couple of years and you know you won't be surprised what comes out of it. Um, actually I've done this. I, I've got me some moonshine the other day, uh, from Nashville on a business trip and I put it in, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've had a little bit of a, a zip of it and, um, I really got a passion to this whole thing, you know, because yeah. moonshine can be very interesting and very, um, attractive to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. I I love that show where those those hillbillies, which more or less originate from uh, this part of the world, uh, sort of uh, fake it that the ATF is after them or yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's, Sometimes it's, the ATF is after them, Justin. I, I think <laughs> the ATF. Yeah, it might be, but uh, it's a bit obvious if you've a camera crew following you around, you know, they're, right. you're, they're bound, to, bound to notice. But you're a great fan of Moonshine, Marty, aren't you? You've you've got the latest book on it, haven't you? I, I, I'm a fan of Moonshine because it's, it's pretty much Pochin that's just moved across to the States. And, and it's funny because it was the, 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 sort of, the Scots-Irish went over and met the Germans in sort of Maryland and, and, and down into the Appalachian Mountains. And that was really how Pot, or Moonshine came about. It was this sort of knowledge of distilling coupled up with, with German brewing skills that really led to the whole American uh, whiskey scene. Um, so it's interesting um, that there is these connections and they all sort of trace back to back to Scotland again. You know, that's Scotland sort of at the heart of it and, and Ulster and Germany and, and all of these connections are all part of the history of the whole spirits industry. Um, now, it's the Scotch world is, is the, the, the page and the site that you have. Mm -hmm. What's the main focus of it? What... what what is the purpose of the page and where do you see it going or what, what do you want to do well, with it? The purpose really is to educate the enthusiast like myself, you know, when I, when I go somewhere and I learn about the spirits, learn about the scotch and learn about various spirits. Um, it's, it's really out there to educate people and use it as a platform. And I'll talk about it in a minute, what else I'm bringing in. But, um, it's really there for someone who wants to go. I have, I've started a long time ago, well, not a long time ago, but you know, about four, 16, 18 months ago, what I call a pick of the month, where I literally yeah. go to probably about 16 or 18 different bottle shops uh, in various areas and just go over the shelf and look what they have interesting. And my opinion really is that I want to introduce a, 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 a distillery and a brand that is affordable for a lot of people. Because the average person is not going to spend, you know, two hundred dollars on a bottle. Um, actually, I had a survey just out before, before for in preparation for this to sort of share that a little bit. 
But I ask one question, you know, what is the average bottle price that you're willing to invest? Um, and the majority was saying between 30 and $40. So yeah. that's the sweet spot for a lot of people. And I had a, the survey out going out to about 100 people. Um, so I wanted to get some feel about what people feel about uh, their investment in a bottle. And so that's what I think is really the purpose of it is, is the enthusiast side. Um, the other thing which I have worked really hard on is the events calendar. The events mm -hmm. calendar is giving you uh, events all around the world. And it's yeah. very, very popular. A lot of people come there. It's a click. It has the dates, the location, and then the link over to the website of the organizers. Um, because I feel like, you know, people, if they travel or they are, have a passion for it, why not educate them how to find an event? Because that's one of the things that I always look at. You know, I had to look for the information, so make it easier on someone. And then another element is the industry news, uh, where I pick very important articles that I feel like important to me. So, you know, not being an expert and not doing this for a living, um, how can I help people to find that and just click on what's in January to March of this year or what was in October to December? And they can find the information quickly and learn about um, the latest news that I find interesting. Dirt, you seem pretty switched on. That's almost exactly Marty's sentiments about whiskey. It has to be affordable and attainable. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with spending a lot of money on a really nice bottle. But that yeah. bottle is not the bottle you'll be buying every week. Um, right. Go and spend two, three hundred dollars or two, three hundred pounds on a bottle. That bottle will last me for years. That's mm -hmm. the point of it. When yeah. I when I pull out a, a twenty-one year old whiskey that have cost me X hundred pound, I take that much of it and I sit over it for three quarters of an hour. You know, for for half mm -hmm. an hour, I'll take and take the time over. It. That's the point of it. But the yeah. mainstay of whiskey is that sort of. 20 pound to 40 pound you know people paying they're used to paying 20 25 pound for a bottle of whiskey or 25 dollars yep. or whatever to actually ask them to then pay double that to, to, to is, is a big ask you know and mm -hmm. lots of people can't afford it so it's yep. nice that you, it's nice that you're bringing that element into it and that was one other question marty of the survey was how much you know what's your average spend on a, mm -hmm. on, a, on a whiskey, when you go to a bar or restaurant, how much do you spend? And the majority of the people were right in that 10 to $15 spot. That's, that's where almost 80% of people said, you know, that's how much I feel comfortable with. Because like you said, you know, you pour it, you are buying something that you wouldn't be able to put on your own shelf. You're yeah. sitting there and you're drinking it and you're enjoying it because you're not in a rush. And you are understanding Every minute that you have it sitting there, that it, the air gets in, that it connects, uh, it will start breathing, you know. And so uh, you know, and sometimes you put a little drop of water or two or three in it, and you know, it starts breathing and it starts in, uh, developing its 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 history. Yeah, now, Dirk, this is always a question that I, I always find a bit hard to answer, but it's always one that people want to ask. What what's what's your favorite whiskey? What's your what's your daily drink? What would you what do you pick? Off the shelf of a of an evening, when you just think, "Oh, fancy a wee drink," and the, you don't even have to think about it; you just reach it down. What I would go—I mean, you know—I'm I'm this, I'm I'm a average guy. Um, I, I would go with the Glenmorgany, to be honest with you. That's that's my to go. Um, I started the journey with the Glenfiddich, eighteen year old. Now, was it was given to me? It's a funny story. It was given to me by a client from Hong Kong who visited with me in the states, and he gave me that bottle. 
And at that time, that was years ago. I had no earthly idea what was in front of me. I just thought, oh, you know what? It's nice to have, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Little did I know. And I've, I've educated myself ever since then. But, you know, I'm, I'm really on all across. Um, the last one that I had was a Glenn Grant 12-year uh, uh, that I had um, purchased um, that is mm-hmm. sitting there now. Um, or I go, I go really all across the wind, you know, Tommen uh, or or Glenfiddich. I mean, it's really all around that. I have a very few bottles that are collector items, if you want to call it that. Like you, you know, you have one little zip on a special day or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, uh, my my real first proper classy whiskey that I actually started to appreciate was a Balvenie, and I just thought mm-hmm. there's something about this. There's something. This is better than an ordinary drink, and it just sort of led to to, to all everything else. But um, do you like sweet palate, PE? You know, as a, a what would you uh, what would you prefer? I, I, I would I would I'm I'm not to be honest with you. I'm not a peated guy. That's neither still, am I, Dirk. Neither am I. Still a learning curve for me, you know, and I've expo- experimented a little bit with the English, for example. They have a very good, you know, the English is a very good, uh, has a lot of peat in it. Um, uh, that's a very good one uh, that I've learned uh, to appreciate to a certain extent, but uh, I'm not a heavy peat guy. Yeah. I'm more on the, on the. I'm more probably on space side is probably where I would say. Um, I've started to go into the highland a little bit, a little bit on the lowland, just to understand the differences in the different um, whiskeys. But it's something that I have, I'm, I'm really the to-go guy. I, I just see a bottle sometimes in the shelf at the bottle shop and I buy it because I think it's an interesting box. I'm a box guy. I love to have boxes. I'm not buying a bottle without a box or a can, you know. That's simply me. Do, do, do you find it easy to find scotch uh, in the liquor store on the shelf in the States? Because Marty says it's not as prevalent as he thought it would be. You know, it, it depends. Uh, there's a bottle shop just up the street where I go when I want some specifics and specials. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Jay has, you know, he has pretty much everything you can think of that is out there and all sorts of price ranges as well which makes yeah. it very interesting. And he's a to-go-to guy when you want to learn more about new scotch or old scotch and, and things that are a little bit more rare. Um, mm-hmm. The problem really is that a lot of this, um, as you know, Marty, the, the three-tier system in the States, in the state of Georgia, is, is a problem for getting some different ones. And uh, right now there is a problem with finding uh, a little bit more of a, you know, odd one that is not as not necessarily the Glenfiddich even then you know there's limitations right now on the shelves uh simply because of the stuff getting into the country yeah it's it I think a lot of people have this idea that America is one country when it essentially it's 50 different countries and even within each state there's different regions and different laws and stuff and to try and negotiate all of that's just Mind-bogglingly yeah. difficult. Uh, you know, it's a it's an interesting topic because um, you know there's different states, like you said. Kentucky, of course, is is pretty heavy with the bourbon. You know, and then you have mm. Tennessee, which is known for Jack Daniels and uh, a couple of other very very good um, upcoming distilleries. And there's a lot of good stuff on the bourbon American whiskey side <clears throat> that is happening out there. Uh, and, um, you know, I was supposed to do a little tour this month and then the weather came and stopped me from doing this. <laughs> so uh, yeah. uh, hopefully at the end of the month, I'll have a chance to do it again. <clears throat> I just like to explore and find out 
you know, go to the different shops and find out what are, what are people buying when they come to you? What are they asking you uh, yeah. for? Because then I can turn this into one of my blog posts and talk about it and, you know, sound important. <laughs> <laughs> you, sound very, you sound very knowledgeable. Um, <laughs> you, you sound like you have a very inquisitive mind. Um, and and that, that, to me, is really important when you're talking about whiskey because... You, Buying the drink itself is one thing, but once you start looking into the people behind it and the, the location mm-hmm. and what it is they're doing and mash bills and fermentation times and all this kind of stuff, oh, yeah. it becomes much, oh, absolutely. much, much I mean, it literally starts with, you know, having the distillery, the water that comes to you, you know, I mean, that's why we call it the water of life, because it comes from the water, the water that comes down that hill <clears throat> and sometimes flows through the distillery grounds right there, or it's, even the distillery sits on top of it. You know, things like that. And uh, what I think is very important is that we, as as the people who have access to it, are educating others about what and why we feel strongly about it. And that's one, yeah. one thing that I think is critical also is that you try to give back to the community where you're from and where you're at. Um, you know, I think personally that um, we have a, a lot of things to educate people about. Uh, the pubs is is one of my passionate things. I don't know if you saw that, but on the website, I have the yep. history of pub. I started that website uh, not too long ago, where I really want to educate and support the public, uh, the the publicans, uh, you know, out there and say, okay, you know, this this pub has been in place since 1749, and if <laughs> we don't support you and if we don't talk about you, then you know you're going the way, and that would be a shame because some of those small towns, as you guys know that better than I do. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. that's the central focus point of people getting together and talk about the city and what, what goes on and things like this. And if the pubs disappear, then it's a sad thing, you know, because families disappear with their livelihoods. And that's why I started uh, History of Pubs, because I wanted to draw attention towards uh, this industry, the hospitality industry, and make sure that people are aware of it. And, you know, I highly encourage everybody to take a look at it. And if you uh, have a pub, you know, be there and list your pub. It's it's out yeah. there. You're actively asking people to yes. put their pub on onto your Correct. page. Yes. So the yeah, pe- they, and the and the purpose is for people to come and actually visit the pubs. Absolutely correct. Because I know that at one point in time, you know, we will we will go back to where we can travel without any limitations, and we will be able to travel again to Scotland <laughs> and England. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and travel the world again. And I would love to have somebody who says, you know, what I'm going to Hastings, England. I want to know what pub to go to. And there's a picture yeah. of the pub, there's the address. And then if they have, of course, a website, there's a link directly. You click on the picture and you link over to the pub. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been very privileged and very happy that I have traveled the world. And I want to share that because I feel like that's an imminent uh, situation for all of us. There is, there is nothing like a good old pub. There isn't, no. There's just nothing like it. I mean, here in the States, there are, they're few and far between. They just—they don't really do the same. <laughs> they don't serve the same function as they do back yeah. in the UK and Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are you planning to visit uh, with uh, fans of the Scotch World website page? Are you planning to visit and tour stills in Scotland, Dirk? Are you? Uh, that's the plan for the summer. Our daughter is hopefully uh, she has applied for a study abroad program uh, for a university here in the states, and it's it's in Scotland. 
So if it all works out, uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Here, there's method in the madness in that one. <laughs> have, have you looked at Edinburgh University, love? Here, look at Edinburgh or Glasgow. That <laughs> you know, of course, uh, of course, I, and I have met so many wonderful people over the two years that I definitely will make a big tour. You know, I want to go to Edinburgh, and I have to make sure that that uh, my wife is getting the history side of it and uh, does a little uh, shopping because uh, I cannot just return to the States with 12 bottles or something like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, need to make sure that it's, it's distributed no, correctly. You, you need but, to bring her because your allowance is double then if you have her with <laughs> you. <laughs> well, I can tell you that if I go without her, I'm in big trouble. So, yes, it's, it's us uh, planning this to happen um, sometime this summer. Uh, and uh, we want to go to, uh, you know, various distilleries and uh, to some of the bed and breakfast areas. We want to experience the, the country as much as we can and, you know, connect with people. And that's one other thing is is my, my passion is also photography. And I'm very proud of making pictures that are on the website on the Scotch World are all my pictures. They're mm -hmm. all taken by me. And so I can already tell you that when I'm going to Scotland and touring there will be a lot of pictures on the website <laughs> good good now, you have you have quite a few pubs listed here um mm -hmm. already and yes i mean if the, the the world's end up in uh uh up in the royal mile and then you have the last rope down in the grass market in edinburgh so you've been to edinburgh a few times then have you you've been to edinburgh before? i have been uh, very very fortunate that i had actually been there a couple of times yes uh that's very true and um you know for me it is always uh something that i want to want to do um actually one of my favorite ones is uh, uh is the the tom grip at uh, piccadilly in london uh, that's one of the ones that I've really enjoyed simply because of the story that he was a boxer and, you know, one of the final ones without gloves and, uh, fighting the old times. And he decided to, to take that on and, and build this as his retirement. And, uh, yeah. that was one of the, you know, these, these are the stories I love and I love to share. Uh, but yes, you're correct. There is a lot of these, uh, a lot of those pups and I would love to see this, you know, being 50, 60, 70 of them, uh, listed, uh, to really, educate people and to make them aware of uh, the wonderful things that they can experience in the pub not only the drinking but also the history that's on the first page if you land you see the you know dates all the way back to 500 uh 500 i think 49 if i'm not mistaken um <laughs> and i'm listing that a little bit so there's a lot of the stories about this you know and that's may 560 actually um so these are the things that I love to share with people when they go to my website and go to other pages that are affiliated with mine. So one of the things that are you trying to encourage the bars to stock maybe a decent whiskey range, you know, the, the, the uh, I can, you I can never see know. This, I can see this oh, going this way. You never know. <laughs> I mean, I was, uh, it's uh, interesting. I, we, we have a very uh, favorite uh, Mexican restaurant up in uh, the North Georgia mountains where we go on the weekends. And uh, I, you know, I always sit at the bar and eat my meal with my wife and we talk and, uh, of course, we, we share. And, and the gentleman asked me about, you know, can you give me a list of, 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 of scotch because you would like to do something. So the next weekend I got, came with a list of scotch with the prices and gave him all the different recommendations. And then he said, well, how can I do this? So, you know, that's part of the fun. You know, you want to yeah, ed yeah. educate everywhere. I love to educate. <laughs> it's, a good it's a good job he was talking to you and not someone else who was telling him 200 pound bottles. 
<laughs> you give him a reasonable things that he could actually afford well, to buy. I, I actually, the lowest was actually under $20, and the highest was the Glenfiddich 18. <laughs> Even that's not that expensive. It's, no, it's very it's reasonable. Not, no. if, yeah, you, if you try and buy an Irish 18 year old, it might be a difference to a kettle of fish. Uh, you know, no, I need to do that next. <laughs> Well, I, listen. Look, the Irish stuff has has got extremely expensive. You know, it's just well, supply and demand. There's not enough. I hope if you make it this far over the summer, you get a chance to get over to Ireland. Uh, Dirk Eb Ebner uh, from thescotchworld.com. Thanks a lot for joining us this time on Irish Whiskey Review. Ausgesagnet. Thank you, Tschüss. Tschüss and alles Gute. Thanks so much for everybody. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks, Dirk. Take care, my Bye. friend. Bye-bye.